Good to see everybody this morning. Thanks for um, letting me be a part of your Sunday morning, especially right after Easter. Can you hear me now? Is it on? I think so. It might be a little plate in my head. Is it red or green? It's red. Here it is. Okay. Now it's on. Yeah, is that, is that now too much? Um, hey, good to see you. Thanks for making this happen today. We'll be done by noon because this uh, suit's due back at the rental shop uh, by 12.15. So we will we'll do that. Here's a little bit what to expect. Um, I'm going to share from God's Word and talk a little bit about my family. And um, we're going to look into the Gospel of Luke, Luke 7 today. And we talk about LifeWise Academy and what we can be doing in Ashland County to reach lost kids, kids that are not in our building right now with us or in other churches that uh, need him. And so today I want to talk about dinner with Jesus. This is Luke 7, 36 to 50. But how about I open our word of prayer as we get started? How about that? Then we find a thanks for the opportunity to serve you and to be your church and not just go to church, but be the church. So thanks to the men and women, the boys and girls. They're gathered here this morning at Heritage Baptist. Thanks for Pastor Ben Roby, his leadership, his concern for uh, families and shepherding. We commit this time to you. Ask that you would go before us on this, and um, we would be fully committed disciples in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, if you ever, if you ever been somewhere and you've, uh, I feel like I've had a lot of help to do this. Um, so if you've ever seen, I had a cowboy once told me, if you ever see a, a turtle on a fence post, he's had some help. And I've had a lot of help getting to this uh, quick point of launching kind of a different ministry in Ashland and in Ohio called LifeWise Academy, where we're trying to reach lost kids during the school day for religious instruction that I'm going to tell you about. So I want to tell you about briefly that I'm, I'm Richard from Ashland. I was born at Samaritan a uh, few, few, few moons ago. Oh, there's my turtle uh, that was on a fence post. He posed really well for that. Um, didn't quite do a selfie. But my family, uh, we're kind of big believers in, hey, girls, if you want to go out, uh, just Google it. If you got a problem on the lake. Okay, that was supposed to be funny. I'm going to rewrite that. So uh, we've got two daughters. Uh, Magdalene is uh, in seventh grade and Adrian. And then here's me and my wife, Christina. Uh, great folks. Um, we lived in Ashland the last seven years after spending about six in Columbus, North Suburbs. So happy about that. And so, yeah, if there was a problem on the boat, we just said, hey, just Google it. Uh, or here's the game warden. This is a joke. I don't want to concern you that you're calling, <laughs> calling people. Uh, so let me get started in this. If you would, turn into Luke 7, 36 to 50. And this is where we're going to spend the majority of the time. And then at the end... Uh, I'm going to talk about LifeWise Academy and what we're trying to do in Ashland County. It's pretty exciting. There's some amazing opportunities. But I think this, there's a body posture of Jesus that I feel like uh, needs to be heard and needs to be talked about on reaching what it, what it means to have Christ, um, um, his body posture on this. So I'm just going to read. This is from the ESV, if you don't mind. So it says this, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Okay? And, and behold, I mean, something big's going to happen. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner shows up. And when she had learned that he was reclining at the table at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, 
and standing behind him at his feet. Keep that, make a mental note of that. He's, that she's standing behind him at his feet, okay? Weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now here's the, context, the quick contextual scene that I think is really, really helpful. Um, I want to talk about the postures of three people. One is Jesus. So in ancient times, when they're reclining at the table, uh, I actually have a picture of this I think someone drew up. Imagine Jesus is um, sitting reclining, and his feet are obviously behind him. And so he's not able to see the woman washing his feet with her tears. So he's, he's looking at the Pharisees. And then also we've got Simon the Pharisee, uh, who invited him over. Uh, and that was kind of a big thing to have the rabbi, correct? Invite you over to dinner. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, and then also we have the woman. Okay, so I thought, I know this is goofy. You know, like, John, that wasn't taken in antiquity. But here, so imagine we've got the servers. For example, again, example, Jesus is sitting down, reclining. And imagine the woman standing here, and Jesus has his back to him, back to her, and he's talking to the Pharisees. That's really, really important as we really look at the text. And I think about how we apply it in our lives. So, to me, a lot of this is gospel-centered conviction. And also, how can we have compassion on the people that we're serving and we're loving? So, I know this. What I love about your website, the rigorous truth and relevant application. My hope today is give you rigorous truth, but also some application that I think could change the way we see our neighbors and the way I see my neighbors. So let me read on. Uh, verse 39 says this. And now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, okay, this is the private, private conversation going on. We've all had them. Um, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort. And don't we kind of... Put people in those categories, who and what sort of people uh, for whom this woman is touching, for she is a sinner. Think of it this way. Um, it's pretty awkward to maybe just crash someone's house during a party. It's also not real socially acceptable to crash a wedding. Uh, think of it this way. Maybe this will maybe make more sense. Imagine uh, the opening house staking or all the tailgate down in Columbus and Jim Harbaugh shows up. Head coach of Michigan. Is that going to go over well here? Okay. So, right. He's not the hero of the story. I'm just saying it's going to be real awkward and things aren't going to maybe go super, super well. So, who and what sort of woman is touching him for she is a sinner? So, Simon's instinct was to condemn her and Jesus, wasn't it? He had already condemned Jesus by the way he treated him. We're going to get into this, but he had offered him no, no water for his feet, no kiss on the cheek, and no ointment for his head. It's a stinky culture. They would usually put in a drop of ointment on Jesus' head. So this is where this is going. So holiness for Simon's equals what? Makes sense to me. Distance from sin. Isn't that what holiest, uh, holiness for a lot of us is? We've got to stay far, far away from, well, let's just say it, from those people. So verse 39 says, Again, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is for, uh, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. So um, I want to back up just for a second. You know, Jesus had just basically come out of the wilderness and was starting to attract some attention. The Pharisees, people are trying to see what's going on. So people gathered to hear him speak, and they came to him for healing. And John the Baptist, um, you know, it sent a word from his jail cell wondering, Hey, it's Jesus. Are you really the one, or should we be looking for someone else? And the Pharisees noticed that he ate with sinners 
and drank with sinners. So it's opposite of what Simon said, that, hey, my holiness is going to be distanced from sin. And so Simon, uh, I, I'm sorry to back up on this. Um, Simon, in, this, in his house, the law is observed. We're going to observe the law in that period. That's, that's, that's the deal. Simon does not make social mistakes, sins, or any other disruption. His goal is to live rightly in the eyes of everyone and to invoke the day of God's kingdom, I'm sure. And there's an orderliness to his life from morality to social grace is all, all that's cut from his, his religion. And I said earlier, Simon has basically given Jesus the shaft since he walked in. No water, no kiss on the hand, and no ointment for the head. Because to me, in rereading this, if the Pharisees really had believed uh, Jesus' teachings, they could have given him the ordinary um, sign of anointing with oil, but they gave him nothing, which is pretty, pretty raw to do that to him. So the woman is a troubled sinner, and she's not a private sinner. Not, these aren't sins of the heart. She's a public sinner. She's known by her sin. She's singled out by her sin and publicly shamed by her sinfulness. So you can know something by heart, but not have it, not have it in your heart. And remember the days when we used to wear the WWJD bracelets? Maybe you have them on. But the thing is, we can't act like Jesus until we think like Jesus. So you can wear it all you want, but if you don't think like him, you can't act like him. And so, um, you know, one of the values is we're academic, theologically minded disciples are serious about discovering God's truth. That is phenomenal. We have to keep doing that. On the other hand, we have to be loving and have it in our hearts. There's a great quote. Brendan Manning said, Jesus did not die at the hands of muggers, rapists, and thugs. He fell into the well-scrubbed hands of deeply religious people. That was last Sunday. We just celebrated Easter. I hope you were here and celebrated the resurrected Father, the Jesus. So, we read on. Verse 40 says, And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Say it, teacher. I can imagine, you know, this party's probably not going super well. It's already really, really awkward. I'm sure the Pharisees have just been 2021. We've already posted us on Instagram or made a TikTok. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm just trying to relate to the uh, to the youth. Yeah, like please don't do that. Um, so he says, "Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One of 500 denarii and the other 50. When the when they both when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. And remember, this is not this is not a hard question. And um, and now I'm saying to Simon, now which of them will love him? Who's going to love him more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. And here's the thing. Simon's been judging since day one. He's been judging the entire time. Does Jesus know our thoughts and our hearts and our desires and our meditations? Yes, he absolutely does. And so Jesus knew what was going on from when he walked in, from the physically giving him the shaft to now, you know, Jesus reading his thoughts. Um, anyway, so turn, this is this is the key. If you forget everything else that's been said this morning, Pastor Ben said some great stuff. This is this is really important. This I've been misreading this for years. Okay, then turning to the woman, he said to Simon. Now think about this for a second. If we talked about earlier that Jesus, that the woman is weeping at his feet, behind him. 
Okay? He's now done looking at the Pharisees. He's looking at the woman, and he's saying to Simon. Think about that just for a minute. Let that penetrate your heart, your soul, and mind. That he's looking at the woman and talking to them. He's talking to the religious people. I think that's what it's going to take to be salt and light and to be the church in 2021, however the pandemic lands, no matter what goes on with the political aspect of our lives, is we probably need to be looking at the people and talking to our religious friends saying, hey, are we going to reach them or not? Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, and he basically is de-escalating the situation. I'm convinced that Jesus' body posture says a lot about how we need to be active in reaching our community. I want to tell you a brief story. During the pandemic, um, some friends and I, you know, when everything was shut down, it was probably a year ago, we would, we would wander into laundromats in Ashland, and we would put together just little envelopes uh, with about $5 worth of change. Not a big deal. There was no bulletin. There was no track. There was no, hey, you're going to burn hotter and longer if you don't turn to Jesus. You guys, do you have them here? Okay, good. Because I've been handed a few. Not here, but other places. Just a white envelope with $5 worth of change. Not a big deal. We just wander into laundromats. And one place that people said, actually, we don't need it. Would you go to the laundromat somewhere else? And I, I did with a friend. And we're there, and I see two boys, two elementary kids, um, standing just in a corner looking at a laptop. I go over and talk to them and say, hey, my name's John. I'm a friend of the community, and I know you have a lot going on. I just... On behalf of my wife and daughters and some friends, we just want to pay for your laundry today. And they start crying. And I said, is, is everything okay? And they said, well, no, we actually came here to do our parents' laundry and do our homework, but the internet's not on here. And my world kind of stopped for pretty hard and thought, boy, what can I do to fix this so that here's, here's you know, third grader, fifth grader trying to do laundry, their parents' laundry, maybe theirs, and they need to get their homework done. So I decided I need to fix this. Called the, the owner, said, hey, my name's John. I'm in, the, I'm, in your, I'm in your business, the shop, and the laundromat, and there's some two students here. They're trying to get the homework done. And I only, I tell you this just because that's the only thing I can think of that I'm looking at, I'm looking at them and talking to the owner, saying, if you could, would you please turn the router back on? Is it clean, 267, you know, the router, the web key? Okay, yeah, it's, it's FBI VN7. And they turned it back on and, and talked to him. So to me, that's what it looks like to look at the community, um, to be looking at the people and talking to the owner. And turning to the woman, he said to Simon, and this is, uh, this is also key. This is a whole other message. Do you see this woman? Do you see Ashland County? Do you see your neighbors? Do you see all the people that live? Uh, I made a quick note. Do you see all the people that live on, on Jacob Street, East Walnut, Maple, Union, East Labor, Liberty, Taylor, East Washington? And you have a bunch of neighbors that are all elementary kids over at Reagan. They're next door, right next to the Cox, Croc Center. Do you see this woman? And Jesus goes on to say, I entered your house. Remember, he's looking at her and talking to them. I'm sure you've done that at home when you're disciplining kids or... You know, shopping, apparently that's a, that's a big deal. Good job on this future the boyfriend thing. Um, yeah, it sounds like you guys are all packing. That's amazing. Okay, you're all packing, like guns, nine millimeters. See, most of you at the fin on Tuesdays. 
entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. That's just remarkable. Every, our youngest daughter, Adrian, needed open-heart surgery at six months old. We didn't know if she needed it. We just thought she was just really tired and just slept basically 23 hours a day. And she needed open-heart surgery down at Nationwide Hospital. It's one of six surgeries they do every year. And on the anniversary, February 16th, um, I drive down to Columbus unannounced to the doctor that found the hole in her heart. And the closer I get, you know, 71, and now I'm in Delaware in that area, and now the emotion is coming back of handing a six-month-old baby to a surgeon to open her up to fix an open heart. She was basically in heart failure. And the closer I get, I can't stop crying as I'm walking in. And I show up every, every February into the office, no appointment, and the, the, the people working there know who I am, and they say, we'll go get Dr. Mark. And usually I'm making a bit of a scene because the crowd, the room's full of people, and I'm just sobbing. And, it's, and it seems like every year it goes on, there's, there's less and less I have to say. And this past year, Dr. Mark came out right away within about five minutes. I hugged him and I just said, thank you. That was it. You know, if you ever explode with tears and you're just overjoyed or you just, it's, you know, the closer you get, I'm sure that the closer she got to Jesus, the thought more unholy I am. Here's all the holy people, the religious people told us we were holy. And so I can relate that the closer we're getting, you just, it's a mess because you can't clean it up. I'm thinking if I show up in tears, you know, a lot of them are just down in my shirt. Now I look like I wet my pants because, you know, they're just everywhere trying to make this a little lighter. But some of this you just can't fix. And for the woman to come in, she came prepared. I want to give you a couple of heads up, and we'll get to all this. If, if you become angry at other people's sin more than your own, there, there could be a problem. You may want to look into this, especially the sin of the news versus the sin of the mirror. I don't know how many friends that I have that have Fox News on like 10 hours a day. I tell them they need to watch maybe some Fox News, then maybe some Joel Osteen, some good news, bad news. It's a joke about the Joel Osteen. Okay? Yeah, you're with me. This is a trustworthy saying, and deserving all full of acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. First Timothy 1.15. I want to give you a quote from um, Brene Brown. It was in a TED Talk. I think this, this hit me. I think it's applicable to all of us. So the biggest potential for helping us overcome, overcome shame is this. We are those people. The truth is, we are the others. Most of our us are one paycheck, one divorce, one drug-addicted kid, one mental health illness, one sexual assault, one drinking bitch, one affair away from being those people. The ones we don't trust, the ones we pity, the ones we don't let our kids play with, the ones bad things happen to, the ones we don't want living next door. That's Benet Brown from TED Talk. That's from the marketplace saying that, and I think that's about me, that's about us. Heads up number two, worship is casual. We just say, yeah, it's not a big deal. She came prepared. You know, she had the alabaster jar. She came ready. She's not just moaning, coming in, going, hey, wonder we're just going to, you know, nurse off 
Pastor Ben, and if he's got something good, great. If not, I'm going to complain about it and put it on Facebook. No, some of you need to eat your own, do your own devotions and read the Bible on your own. She came prepared. When she learned that he was reclining at the table of Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. Heads up number three, and I'm making this quick because I want to land this. We're slow to repent. We've got the unholy, we've got the holy. We've got us, and we've got them. And I think a lot of, I, I feel like in Ashland, and it's probably true everywhere, that a lot of our, a lot of our people that I talk to that are far from God know what all our churches are against. We know what we're against. Instead of what we're, what we're for. We're for marriages, we're for employment, we're for maybe a fourth stimulus check. I don't know. I'm just trying to make it real, and you know, so we got to be careful how we're presenting how we're presenting Jesus. Heads up number four: our studies don't lead us to love God and love people more. And as you know, there's two things that are going to last eternity: God's word and God's people. And if we're not spending time with both, I think we've got a bit of a we need to head some heads up. She loved much. Simon loved little. Simon loved like Simon loved. It was his own friends. It's like yeah, oil and. Eh. Give him a kiss on the head, eh, wash his feet, eh, I'm, I'm not going to do it. The woman comes in weeping. Here's the deal. Father sent their son for him, for them, for those people. The son died for them. And by the way, it's the Holy Spirit that's drawing them to him. And Jesus later in Luke, this is, this is beautiful. I'm going to personalize it. Jesus says, but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. It's easy to just do things for people that can pay us back, isn't it? It's it's amazing. Um, Driving in this morning, I can see from this vantage point a family with children with special needs that come to the respite that, that that we've loved on, that my friends, the Jarvises, have helped with, and it's personal. Those are our neighbors. You know, the ones that are not in here with us from 9 to noon. I want to encourage us, let's not be so Sunday-minded that we're no Monday good. We have to be, have our eyes on our neighbors. I want to ask you, and you know, just in your own heart, as you're eating lunch today, as you're doing things, do you love them? Can we have gospel-centered conviction and compassion? Jesus had both. The Pharisees had the head knowledge. It hadn't moved to their heart. And that's a dangerous thing. And this is the great news. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Did he even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. First of all, it's identity and then action. Okay? He changed their identity. He didn't say, we know you had a hard life. It's okay. He didn't excuse her sin. He said, you have sins, but they're many. They're gross. They're heinous. They're they're awful, but you're forgiven. And so the identity can change to activity. You know, a lot of times I was brought up that you first got to believe, then you behave, and then you can belong. What if we thought about it a little differently, that you can belong, and then what if you just, just date Jesus, just come in and see what God's got to say, and then believe, and it's going to change your behavior. It's going to change you from the inside out and what the Holy Spirit can do. And later, Jesus said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It was like, who's got the, you know, when they were about to stone the lady. He says, I, I, neither do I condemn you, which is good news. I know you guys are smart people, so I thought I'd bring up a smart word. I can't remember how to pronounce it now. Imuna is less about knowing and more about doing. Maybe some of you have that tattoo. I'm thinking about getting it. It's hard. 
I'm joking. Just going to get some ink after Easter, right? It's less about knowing and more about doing, okay? It's time for us to engage those whom we've been trying to avoid. And it's time for us to live like Jesus transformed our lives, is my bottom line. Okay, what I, wanted to, I want to talk briefly about LifeWise. If I could have five more minutes, I'll open it to questions. I obviously proved I can't land this in 20 minutes. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you not walking out. That was, that was, that was, that was good. Thank you. You're, you just did what everybody's thinking. I'm going to say a quick prayer as I transition to LifeWise. Dear Lord, thank you for looking at the woman. Thank you for looking at me and turning to the religious people and saying, hey, we can't be giving you the shaft. Lord, thanks for dying for our sins that nobody expected, nobody last Sunday with Easter that we serve a risen Savior. May we act like you've transformed our lives. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves and not add a bunch of rules and regulations, but just loving people, everybody always, in Christ's name, amen. Sorry for the hard landing. Let me give you a five-minute rundown on this. It's a different PowerPoint. It's going to feel differently because I wanted two different things. And this is how to do, this is what LifeWise Academy is, what we're trying to do in Ashland, okay? The why is students need the Word of God. Would you agree with this? Yeah, okay, good. So 80% of the students don't attend church. And this is pre-pandemic. My guess is what was once um, a health issue has now become a habit. And so I don't know what we need to do with that. Policies limit ministry access to schools. And so it's going to be hard to get to a different clientele during the week. Released time religious instructions called RTRI. It's legal. Believe it or not, students can be released from school during the school day for religious instruction provided. It meets three things. One, it's got to be off campus. So a Reagan Elementary, we could bust them. This is... We could bust into multiple churches, the Croc Center. It's got to be off campus. Privately funded, so we're coming up with finances, and also parent permission. And so we're working that in Ashland County, and I'll name the school districts in a second. An example of a, a flagship program in Van Wert. They've been doing this since about 2012. They renovated a home and put it in classrooms. And year one, they had 60% participation in elementary. By year three, 95% of kids were going. And so imagine, those of you school teachers, it's like a second or third special during the week. So instead of going to gym twice, they're going to a 45-minute block where they're escorted out. We're paying teachers to teach it during the school day, and so it's pretty, pretty clever. And in 2018, they built a facility um, that got middle school going now, too. Now in 2021, uh, they can now get college uh, credit for, for high school. So... Ohio passed the law in 2013, and this has all been upheld by the Supreme Court since about 1959, 1957. So it's good news. And the big picture is this. It's gospel-centered. Um, it's obviously about Jesus, all about Jesus and God's word, I, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's character-focused. thing is, for the public schools, maybe we can say God's truth in another way that the public school ears would buy it even more that you know having jesus in your life now will make you better at life and make your life better and so it's going to take because of jesus his his work his words um we can have honesty we can have uh compassion things that the world it's hard to offer also local church driven it has to be our local churches ashland is amazing because of the ministerial association pastor ben so many others that there's a community of believers and men and women Leaders in our profits, nonprofits um, that are heading it up. We're also wanting it to plug and play. 
that you can plug it in and make it play in, in different parts of the country. Also, it's for the nation. What we're doing in Ohio is leaking out in other, other counties and is also done with excellence, okay? Here's where we've been. Uh, it's been going on in Van Wert, but what you need to know is since the pandemic, all five school corporations in Ashland County have said yes, they would consider making this happen this fall. So that means Ashland, Mapleton, Crestview, Loudonville, Perrysville, and Hillsdale. And many of you know Hillsdale is where Madeline and Marie O'Hare was from, who took the Bible out of schools many years ago, went to uh, Ashland College at the time. And so a lot of this is dark, it's like we're reclaiming what the enemy took, and now's the time for us to stand like, uh, like Jesus really has transformed our lives. We're going, we're, we're trying to get organized into all the churches and throughout the entire Ashland County. Typically, it's one church and one school. With everything from the pandemic, they've all said, yes, we need some help, and God's moving in incredible ways. I feel like I've literally broken my leg to get on the bandwagon, to be honest, okay? It's going to take all of us. It's going to take every single church. It's going to take all of us praying and, and us being a church, okay? Prayer, volunteers, financial partners. I'm trying to run through this. Work classes held. They're usually uh, renovations, new builds modular homes, classrooms, or even pop-up classrooms. We're trying to find like a, a double wide to put down. Because again, this is during the school day, they either walk across the street or bus somewhere real close, like in Hillsdale. They're gonna leave the elementary, get on a bus for a one minute, and show up at Todd Grover's Church Maranatha Baptist, which is really great. So they're ready to welcome with open arms kids from Mapleton. So a new build would look like this. I know you're like, seriously, John, that looks like that's in Miami. Ohio, um, you know, it's good, see that just came to me. Okay, a new build, you know, a remodel where they've taken a house and just turned it into to classrooms, which is amazing. Um, I'm almost done, or a remodel a garage and make it like, couldn't that be like downtown Jeromesville? It's beautiful, really, really nice. And a modular, and the modular is basically in the corner here. So imagine a, it's a double wide that, you know, it looks, it just looks phenomenal. So the kids are basically walking off school property and going there. I'm sure they'd like to go there, the pool, now that I think about it, okay? Or a pop-up classroom, and again, this is more of a church. This is, they're walking right across from the school to the church, the church to the school, and hopefully be safe crossing the street with volunteers. Or they, they walk, you get this, uh, down in um, Hilliard, they've got a bus, Lifewise bus. So people, the marketplace is wanting this. From the sacred assembly, some, God did something at the sacred assembly back in August to where there's marketplace businessmen and women saying, hey, we gotta have this happen. It's, it's, and that's what's been going on. Questions were students taught, um, they're taught that the truth of the gospel and how it transformed their lives revealed through the scripture. And it's, it's got a curriculum. Some of you have maybe heard of the gospel project. They've partnered or we've partnered with the gospel project to, to take basically Sunday school material and transform it to a 30-week program for kids. And to me, there's a big difference between teaching the Bible to kids and teaching kids the Bible, because we're starting with who's our audience, right? And our audience is elementary kids. Um, I think a lot of them don't know that they don't know that they're that lost, okay? I'll give you a quick example, and I know we'll wrap up to questions. Um, as I was driving through praying this morning, uh, I did a funeral for a young man that OD'd on drugs about five years ago. And during the funeral, it was in West Salem, uh, I had asked everybody if they want to come up and say goodbye to the deceased. 
and some of his friends did. He was 20, 21, and all of his friends got their phone out and took selfies of themselves with, the, with Cody in the casket. Called and told my dad what had happened. He said, John, if modern man has a soul, would he even know it? If modern man has a soul, would he even know it? I'm going to say to you, I don't think they, they do know. I'm looking in the eyes and telling you this. I spent half my career in the public schools, another part being a principal administrator, another part as a, as a pastor. I think I've been on all sides of the table on this one. And so are we that broken in law and hurt for those that are marginalized, the lost, that a selfie with, that's just, there's just no respect and no, no impression for the eternity. Here's Ashland County. So we're basically, you know, working in Loudville, Perrysville, Hillsdale, Ashland, Mapleton, Crestview is a big one. And we've got, we're wanting to go for the nation. So think of it this way, and I'm, and I'm about done. How can we be for Ashland, for all the homes? It's going to take all of us. It's not a certain denomination. It's going to be all of us. And I want to be for Ashland. You're going to hear more of that from me and see that. I think of it this way with churches. Are we going to be, are we going to be a battleship or are we going to be a cruise ship? I, I mean this. To me, and I'm jaded as a senior pastor's kid. I've grown up with it and thankful for that. But on the other hand, are we going to be a battleship for Jesus or are we going to be the cruise ship? Hey, everybody's fun. We're having a good time. It's all about us. Let's not be infected with insider-itis. We have, to be, we have to be concerned about the lost, the marginalized, the people outside our walls. I'm going to end with this. Some sea otters. You're going to love this. Okay, sea otters. Um, back in California and Alaska, near the Pacific coast, uh, they hold hands, believe it or not, when they sleep. You know this? They actually hold hands when they sleep because they don't want anyone to drift away. I wonder what Ashland County would look like if we loved our neighbors, we loved our friends, a little bit of everybody, all of our neighbors, if we love them enough that we love them, we're not going to let them slip away. And the charismatic one looks like this. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the quick thing is sea otters are going to hold hands so they don't want anyone to slip away. Guys, I think at the end of the day, when Jesus talked about leaving the 99 for the one, that's what it's going to look like. To me, outside of the prodigal son and Zacchaeus and the sinful woman, that is, the, that is what redemption looks like. Are we going after them? Do we even see them? You have to answer that on your own. Now I feel like we can't miss them. And we have to be salt and light in a church. Because in Revelation, Jesus, you know, Jesus is going to walk through the UN or the White House. He's walking through the churches in the end. And that's us. That's me. That's you. And there's a lot of churches in our, in our county well, of all different beliefs and different things. So tell you what, I know it's kind of a hard landing. I want you to see the charismatic. This would be my friend Johnny Bouquet. They're all doing like this and, you know, holding hands to the, to that, like that. I know I went five minutes, seven minutes over because I'm now Baptist. Are there any questions for the good of the group that would be helpful to you as we just talk about life-wise or anything at all? Pastor Ben.